Welcome to Kinship. We're church sisters who share our discussions so that you're encouraged to deepen relationships in your local church. Hi, I'm Francis, and I'm here with Bethany and Alyssa. And today we're going to talk about our first year of marriage and what would we tell ourselves. But first, the question is, what did you learn about your husband that you did not know? Our first year of marriage. Our, your first year of marriage. Um, I learned that when he wakes up in the morning, he can only open one eye. <laughs> and like, I have a photo of him cooking breakfast Christmas morning with just one eye open. And I was like, what the heck are you doing? This is our first Christmas. And he's like, I, I'm not awake enough to open the other <laughs> eye. I'm like, you're cooking bacon right now. Like you should have both eyes open. Yeah. It's but like, hazard. apparently he can't like physically open his, both of his eyes in the morning. Yeah. That's what I learned. Um, for me, um, I have a couple, but I'll, I'll share this one. He would leave like his trail of socks right next to the laundry basket. He wouldn't make it quite in. So sometimes I would walk in and there's just like four pairs of socks right next to it. Cause he just kind of missed the basket. So not so much of a Kobe basketball shooter himself with the laundry. Is that what would happen? He would try to throw it in and then miss? And no, then... I just okay. I just don't understand why he can't make it into the basket. So or <laughs> yeah, the laundry basket. Uh-huh. PJ would talk in his sleep. He still does that, but not as often. But probably the first year was pretty bad. Um, he'd rent. I remember we were watching the U.S. Open, and at the time Andre Agassi was playing, and we're sleeping. And he shoots up out of bed and he looks at me and he says, Andre Agassi is right here. No. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm so confused. I'm like, what are you talking about? And his eyes are open. He's looking straight at me and he says it again. Andre Agassi is right here. And then he just lays back down. That is so creepy. And yeah. I'm just like so confused and a little creeped out because I used to watch a lot of scary movies back then. <laughs> But yeah, it's just random. Uh, I mean, he still does it once in a while, but it's pretty, it's not as scary. Anyways, okay, so we're talking about our first year of marriage and what would we tell ourselves our for, in our first year of marriage? I know marriage in general is sanctifying and I don't know about you ladies, but my first year of marriage was terrible. <laughs> um, and we always tell people you want your first year to be the worst because uh, you want it to get better. But anyways, so we're going to talk about different things that we would have told ourselves or warned ourselves of um, the first year of marriage. So any of you ladies want to jump in? I feel like the main one that is probably going to trickle into all of our answers is just be plugged into your church the first year and find at least one couple, older couple, that you can talk through things with and be very open with. So I, I just feel like throw that out there because that's going to influence all the other answers that we have because we moved right after we got married and then came to Bethany Baptist Church right after and so thankfully we got connected very quickly with the Tobians and so just felt like we had someone to like when all this stuff came up to talk through things so just find that couple hopefully before you get married too but yeah yeah and just to add on to that um be in accountability with other brothers and sisters um, individually and also together and be open for informal and formal counseling um, when crap hits the fan. And even if it doesn't, even if there's weird um, moments that you need other eyes in your marriage, 
it's always helpful to have deep friendships there where you can be honest and be comfortable to fight in front of um, so they can give you wisdom and scripture and pray with you and bear these burdens with you. Alyssa, you want to talk about what you guys used to do when you used to bring your fight to the church members? Do you remember that? Because Jose, PJ, and I were just talking about that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's honestly, there's there's several times when we have um, brought our fights to the church family. So, I mean, some of them, one of them, we literally sat in the dining room and there was four other families there and we um, sat on opposite sides of the table, kind of laid, laid out our fight and other church members would speak into it, either wisdom or um, advice. And it was great. Afterwards, our hearts were, were really softened and we were able to reconcile. But it's funny because they're always like, oh, kiss and make up after. So we're literally like hugging and, you know, getting closer and closer after that. And there's sometimes even, I don't know if you remember this, we sat in front of their house and I refused to come in and I was just like, upset and and I remember I had to go out there like Alyssa yes. why don't you come out let's talk about it. yes she tried and I still was you know hard-hearted and then Peter just like sat in the back seat with our laundry and just like kind of talked to us with it so um it's a big means of grace to be with your church family your first year in so they can um ride with you with the hard times but also, like, find the right church family because mm-hmm. um, obviously you're going for wisdom and not for someone to gossip. Because I think some people mm-hmm. hear that and they're like, what? You can fight in front of these or people? Yeah, or you're talking bad about your husband. Or yeah, like, yeah. to clarify, this looks, it feels very healthy and it looks very healthy. Like, we're there to help and support you and give you biblical counseling and... yeah. Yeah, well, I wasn't really there. I was just watching. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what's happening right now? It was, but that's the other side of it. Like, for people not giving counsel, it can be like counseling for us too. Like, yes. I'm new in this too, and whatever they're saying to you can be helpful for me. So, yeah. yeah. It's tempting to feel embarrassed um, when you're in the fight, but I'm telling you, when there's grace flowing into you from the words from other members, um, you really feel comfortable and it's a healing um time to be honest to um, have these words of grace yeah flow into you from other church members and i'm sure you feel confident too that the people that you are sharing with are going to bring the scriptures to you yes because i i mean otherwise just like you were saying bethany it has to be in a healthy way so if i'm just giving you my opinions or what i think that's not going to be effective it's really what does the bible say what does god say here so yeah, just being reminded of that. Mm-hmm. For me, it's probably not as helpful. <laughs> for me, it was something so little, but it was so helpful for me to understand this, that it's okay that PJ wasn't excited or didn't want to do something that I wanted to do. And yeah. that constantly would come up because it would be something so little or something really big where... I want him to feel a certain way or do something. And then he would concede and be like, okay, we'll do it. And then I would come back. Well, you're not excited to do it or you really don't want to do it. And he would be so confused because he'd be like, but I want to like serve you and do it. And I'm like, no, like I want you to have that desire in you. And it was just so dumb. Now looking back, it's like, what in the world was that? But I do see that in marriages, especially first year marriages where the wife or the husband just does not want to have the wife or the or the spouse 
um, sort of have like a half, like a, what is it, like a half-hearted um, desire, half-hearted whatever it is, like task to do. And so you feel very offended that they're not at your level. And Because when you're dating, it's it's easy to match that. Oh, yeah. Because you're like so excited to be with the other person. And then yeah. like when you're with someone all day, every day, it's yeah. like you can't be that excited for everything. Right. Yeah. And so anyways, that that's something that I failed in and I'd always get mad at PJ for not being full on. And he'd be like, what are you talking about? I just want to serve you and love you. So I would say, Francis, take it. He loves you. He's trying to serve you. And there's nothing wrong with him being half-hearted with whatever it was. Okay, that's it triggered something else that I remember would upset me my first year of marriage. Don't be discouraged if your spouse listens to brothers, even if you've already said the same wisdom to him 10,000 times within the first year. Um, God works through your church brothers and can use that, their spirit to teach him and it just falls on him differently um, than your words do. And um, and either way, God has used it. So it was still wisdom no matter what. Wouldn't it make you mad? It would, yeah, it would. You're That's like, what I was man, saying. I said that. Yes. I'm smart too. I have the spirit in me too. Oh, <laughs> uh, worse. Yep. But don't be discouraged. It's, it's just like if you're sharing the gospel to someone and you're just laying the foundation and someone else says it and that person takes it from another person. It's like, you, no, I've told you the same thing mm-hmm. a, a bunch of times, but no, God was just laying down the foundation. So he yeah. was just preparing your spouse to hear it from someone else. Um, unrelated, but another one. <laughs> um, I want to tell myself five years ago, Bethany, don't feel like you have to address everything about your spouse in the moment. And I'm still working on that, which is why I wrote it down is because you feel like, especially in the beginning, like if I don't change this now, like it's just going to be like this for the rest of the marriage. And it's like, no, you have the rest of the marriage to work on it, you know, hopefully years and years and years. And so I think I'm learning that too. Like when I see something in Chris, I don't have to say it right away. I can kind of like store it in the back of my head for another time. It doesn't have to be in the moment. Yeah. So another big thing I would tell myself is relax when it comes to grandparents and kids. I feel like my first year, I think even my second and third, I was such a stickler when it came to the grandparents. Um, Because you had kids your first year. I had kids our first year and I was super strict I wanted everything organic. I wanted no sweets at all. Um, strict bedtime. Like I just had this, like this um, long list of things that my son couldn't do or eat or see, whatever it was. And I just felt so, um, yeah. I just felt very rigid. And so when we would go to his parents' house, PJ's parents' house, I felt like. They would be disrespectful if they didn't follow my rules. And it was like over candy or just like stupid things that I just look back now and I'm like, that was so dumb. Was that the case before you had kids too in your relationship with them? Or did it just come out when you had Rock? No, it came out when I had Rock. And we tell people that all the time. It's like a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times uh, your relationship with your in-laws change once you have children. Um, we've seen it multiple times, but again, it it just depends on the relationship, but yeah, you'll see, um, different preferences come out on both sides and it could get a little ugly Mm -hmm. at times, but 
Yeah. So I would just tell myself, relax. It's not going to kill rock that he's having candy. And now that I look back and even now with the grandkids and the grandparents, like for me, it's more like just enjoy them, like enjoy your grandparents, enjoy um, rock and key and the other kids and give them whatever you want. Cause when they come on with me, like we'll just readjust, you know? So I just ended up having to change my mentality with that. Um, for me, um, back to fighting with Alyssa. So some Her favorite subject, <laughs> just some communication techniques that I still try to use now. If I try to fight well is, um, if you're fighting with your spouse, um, for me, I like to try to reconcile immediately. And so don't, but for me, don't be so pushy to reconcile where you drive them nuts and you're asking them a bunch of questions and the tone raises and you're just becoming like this needy, emotionally unstable person. So that's what I would tell myself is, um, give it some time, pray, take a time out and, and come back to it when you bring back God back into the center of it. And then um, also for me, I used to run away like physically. And so just oh, try yeah. to, yeah, I, I did. about that. So just try to stay put, know that marriage is forever. And so just stay put and um, don't flee um, unnecessarily. And then if you're tempted to be more on the passive side and not talk about your problems, um, communicate with your spouse and say, hey, can, we, can I take 10 minutes to pray and think about it? And then I'll come back to the conversation ready to talk about it. And don't just um, go to like the next room and be on your phone or watch TV for like the next two hours without communicating to your spouse. So that's what I would tell myself. Sorry, I don't want to put you on the spot. You don't have to answer. But can you give one of your runaway situations? Oh, I'm yeah. thinking of one, but I don't know if it's this. There's one. a handful. But this is not when I was married, but when I was uh, dating. I, I ran away somewhere in the city of Chino Hills or something. And then... Somewhere in the city. No, no, no. Or was this in I'm Pomona? freeway i think you were married no i wasn't on the freeway though uh, well which one are you thinking about <laughs> well i, I think... tried to get out of the car one time when the car was moving are you was that the freeway no <laughs> no that's me too i'm like that yeah that was like so oh, insane oh you did that too yeah are you that's sure what you I didn't do on one a on a freeway no i was okay. on a freeway <laughs> that sounds that really sounds really juicy <laughs> But um, one I feel of, like Francis is trying to convince you, like you remember you, you were, were on, on the freeway. You were on the freeway. You tried to jump out of the. Car. I was in Pomona. I don't remember what city it was, to be honest. But okay. I mean, it was just so not manipulative. Important. <laughs> not important. It just matters if you were on the freeway or not. <laughs> That's the only location that matters to Francis. Skin Texas. <laughs> But anyway, a church member, actually, no, a, K- Pamela had to like, was like driving to find me and she's like, Alyssa, get back in like the car and like things like that. Actually, there was one time in marriage where I just sat in my car the whole time and um, a church brother had to come and drive and just pick me. I was just in the, in the parking lot, but yeah, I had some issues though. <laughs> I don't run away anymore, but yeah, I have to work on um, my <laughs> instability. Do you ever leave the room now or no? You'll just stay right there. Sometimes I'll leave, like, I'll just go into a, a different room, but it's not like I drive away. I've never driven away, so there's some progress and grace there. Um, okay, I'll go again. But the other one I was thinking about that was helpful was 
loving your spouse is ultimately the best thing for you because I think sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm giving up so much this first year of marriage. I'm dying all these deaths, you know, Mm -hmm. to benefit my spouse. It feels like that because you're like merging two lives together and there's a lot of give and take there. And so just reminding yourself when I'm loving my husband or loving my wife, like it's going to reap benefits for me too. And so... Because you're one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so don't feel super discouraged, like feel like you're giving up all this stuff. It's going to come back and bless you. That's literally in Ephesians or he who loves someone mm-hmm. loves himself. So mm-hmm. yeah, I biblical. That. There you go. It's not my wisdom. <laughs> Drop the Lord's. <laughs> yeah. Another one, um, was the time alone fallacy. Um, just how couples want to be alone, spend a lot of time alone together. I thought I, I had that mentality and I would just look back and tell myself like, that's a fallacy it's not true. Like serving together is spending quality time together and even freeing up so that the other person can serve is also like still feeding sort of what you're saying, Bethany, still feeding the relationship and making it deeper. Because I feel when, when I would have that mentality of like, I need time alone with PJ, just us two, like it became more surfacey than really like deep down rooted biblical love. And so the more we started serving together and even allowing him, like freeing him up so he can serve. And then he'd come home and then he'd share like how he was blessed and what happened or he would free me up and I would do the same. It just felt more deeper rooted in gospel truth as opposed to just that time alone fallacy. Um, so for me, another one that's helpful when reconciling is... For me, I take a long time to um, fully forgive because I want to make sure all that that he understands me and I know what's the plan for the next time we happen to run into the issue. But knowing that God forgives me for a lot more and a greater amount, I can fully forgive him. I can don't have to keep a grudge. I can keep a short list of accounts and I don't have to keep anything against him um, because God's mercy um is white as snow for us with our sins and so Mm. i can do the same for jose so if i could tell myself and even to today fully forgive him don't take so long to make sure everything is right in line and just grace more grace yeah another big one and you ladies can chime in on here in here would be the lust issue with our hubbies in particular just knowing that i could walk with my husband through this struggle I know our first year of marriage was really difficult because in my head was the thought, once we're married, then he won't struggle with lust anymore. And that wasn't true. And I wish I would have known that. I wish that I would have understood more of the the struggle and knowing that I could be there for him and be in, in some ways his accountability partner and to strengthen him and to encourage him through that. Yeah, just going based off of that, um, I wish that I had had those conversations even before we got married in more detail, just not being afraid to not just even ask, like, do you struggle with this? But like, dig deeper, like maybe they don't praise God, but also knowing just how common a struggle it is, I was really unaware of that. And so just, I wish that I knew more about that during that first year of marriage. And then also just, I mean, this goes back to um, 
what I said in the beginning, but having those people that you can even have those conversations with in the church that you feel comfortable to talk about sex and, and, um, lust issues. Like that was really helpful for us too. For me, um, I would tell myself with lust issues to be understanding and empathetic because it's hard for them to, as they're fighting daily against, um, lust and, for me to know that I'm going to be his partner to help him with intimacy and I will always be there for him to support him, be there to forgive him if he sins against me and love him through it all as God does for him too. And that he can come to me to be honest and I will bear his burden even if it will hurt and will be hard, but I will still ride with him. Thank you, ladies. That was a lot of good stuff. Um, We want to end on a positive note. So if there's final words, final thoughts on just encouraging other people out there in their first year of marriage. I like um, the idea of going on dates to talk about um, the pros pros and cons of marriage, things you can improve on, things you're doing well, Um, have a space to talk about issues and evidences of grace in a sober way where it's not attacking one another, but in a way where you can listen and receive feedback and even laugh about mistakes. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like people who might be listening to this who are about to get married and they're like, dang, that sounds really hard. And Mm. like, we don't want to be a downer or anything, you know, but it is hard. But it's also exciting because, um, Lord willing, you're going to see this person grow. You're going to grow a lot in this first year and God's going to teach you both a lot and how exciting that you, in a sense, get that front row seat to watching God work in this other person and have an active part in it. Like you're going to be their primary discipleship person, you know, and you have that chance to really watch God work in their hearts and then use that to serve the church family. So it's exciting and there's a lot of grace and a lot of learning um, that will come in that first year. And to piggyback off of those is just knowing that this is the deepest friendship you're going to have here on earth. So just enjoy it. Pour yourself into this friendship and just let God move. And that's it. Thank you all for listening. And how do we end this again? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Shepherd LA. Thank you to our husbands who are basically just allowing us to record, holding down the house for us. Thank you to Bethany Baptist Church, our local church, whom we love. And thank you again for you ladies. I don't know why I'm thinking you. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) You guys are amazing. Anyways, follow us on Instagram. Leave us reviews. Email us with any topics you'd want to hear. Those are helpful. And thank you again. Bye, listener two. (laughs) And one. (laughs) And just bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.